Tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. And with that, what? I don't even know what that is. That is simple gifts, Christian. A good Thanksgiving carol. Oh. So everyone always says there's no Thanksgiving music. There is Thanksgiving music. Oh, there you go. And with that, welcome to a special Thanksgiving issue of LR Weekly, week 12. Uh, The name of the episode, just a little help from our friends because we are thrilled to be joined today by uh, one returnee and one uh, new to the pod, longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, So first, I'll let you introduce... uh, your ally here today. Yeah, so it's uh, one of the pickers we had uh, was, again, one of our baseball players in high school. He's an, a Boilermaker now. So we have Brett Betcher, he, and they're live. They are in studio. In stu- so, Brett, say hello. Uh, what's up? See, just to prove to you that they are live and we're not, you know, they, they are all, all we're, we're all here in the Russell Man Cave. And my ally for the week uh, is a young man who I've known since he was seven, seven years old. Uh, he is much more dapper and much more debonair now than he was back then. Uh, the voice of Boilermaker Sports on Big Ten Network Plus, Mr. Charles Schmigel. Charles, how we doing? Doing good. It's a pleasure to be here, Josh. See, so we, we have one who, uh, one of our guests is a... Uh, a monster of the midway, and, and another who is a much more favorable person in my eyes, a fellow cheesehead. So, fellas, we, we do appreciate you coming on. Uh, not a good week for either one of our football teams. No, and not a good week for a lot of NFL juggernauts that are looking to solidify themselves. So-called juggernauts. Right, Let, that are trying that. to solidify themselves as playoff teams. Um, First of all, to recap, though, how was the United Club? It was awesome. Take away the game. We'll talk about the game later. Yeah, so I cannot even describe to you how awesome those seats were. I mean, it was literally like watching it on TV from that side. It's literally, I was right next to, like, the camera guy that, like, has the... Fourth row in the United Club. Yeah, it was was awesome. Um, The experience was great. No lines for any concession or bathroom. Everything was quick. Everything was easy. It was really enjoyable. Again, shout out to um, D and Jason and Liam for inviting me. And the MVP of the whole situation. Right. And Addison for saying I didn't want to go. So, it's, again, Crystal's family, MVPs. It was a lot of fun. Unfortunate ending to the game. Um, I feel like every game I go to, a quarterback gets hurt. Cutler got hurt the one year I went. Um, I got to see like Matt Barkley one year in Lambeau. It's like awful experiences, but um, yeah, I think. Uh, but again, the loss. There's a little silver lining, which we'll talk about here in the rivalry roundtable. That most Bears fans are really on the edge of their seat um, of this news, and it'll be an exciting next couple days in Chicago because can't get any worse. Oh, it can, and we'll talk about mm. how it's going to be worse in about 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, anyways, well, we're going to hit up probably what I would say was the biggest disappointment of the weekend, and that is 
Cindy's Titans. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, and this is one of those situations where you're kind of worried about, you know, the lack of run game for Tennessee. And now without Julio and now A.J. Brown's banged up, that their offense really is now, it doesn't have that household name that I think that an offense needs. Um, Brett, what do you think about the lack of offense in Tennessee and how it will affect them later on this season? You know what? I... I think everybody kind of knew this, but I think our uh, worries were confirmed. Uh, the Titans are very dependent on Derrick Henry. They, they, Ryan Tannehill, for as much as everybody likes to say he's a good game manager, when he's throwing 52 times in a game, he's going to have four picks. And you can't really win games when your leading rusher is Adrian Peterson and he has 40 yards. Although the Texans' leading rusher was also Rex Burkhead. He also had 40 yards. But I don't know, Tyrod Taylor, man, he had a, he had a heck of a game. Yep. Now, Charlie, you had Cindy in second grade. <laughs> um, she she you, is a what? Did you have her in fourth or second? Second. Oh, second okay. and second. I was the only one that had her in fourth. Correct. Okay. So, you know how much Cindy loves her Titans. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, you, she will sing in class on Mondays. We are the Titans. Anyways, um. I, I don't know, man. Like, so here's my thing, okay? When you look at the stats for this game, if you were to just look at just pure on stats, the stats are very, very misleading in this football game. Because if you look, the Titans outgained the Texans by oh by almost 300 yards. The, the, the Houston Texans had less than 200 yards of total offense. Less than 200 yards of total offense. This game makes no sense. All it comes down to is simply the Titans' ineptitude to finish drives when Tanny can't turn around and hand the ball to King Henry. That's all this comes down to. I You look, the Titans' possessions. Punt. Interception. Punt. Turnover on downs. That's how they went in the first half. Not good. Like, what are you doing? It's the Houston Texans. Hey, the Houston Texans, and Charlie, you kind of hit on this. The Houston Texans are kind of hurting themselves at this point, right? They they have two wins. Two wins. That's two more wins than the Lions. They're just further setting themselves back in the draft. Something... That the Bears wish they could do is put themselves farther up in the draft, but perfect chance is coming on Thursday. Well, no, we don't have a first round pick. No first round pick, and also worthy of note. Did, did you watch the game at all? The the Texans Titans game on red zone. Yes. Yes. Did you see Mike Brable might have been the wettest human being? How on the okay? Entire planet. Right. So how does one not at least put on a raincoat? Like I don't. Maybe he was trying to have like this. Oh, I'm a tough guy. Like, you have, like, those line coaches, like, in college who you always see who are wearing, like, the three sizes, two small, like, dry-fit polos and, and the khakis that they literally look like they're going to bust out of. And it's 15 degrees, and they're, like, just straight headbutting dudes, like, wearing helmets, and they're not. I Maybe that's what Mike Vrabel was trying to do. Well, maybe he should have sent some of that energy over to his offense because they were just atrocious i mean what more do you want from a tennessee defense how many short fields are you going to give a team and then force them to defend 
very similar to what happened in the Bears game. Yep. You you look at this. Four interceptions were thrown by Ryan Tannehill. And we said that, hey, maybe the Titans can win, not because of, but having Ryan Tannehill. Uh, if you th- if you're throwing four picks against the Texans, yeah, it's 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 because I hate good. to say this, Titans fans, the object in the rearview mirror is closer than it appears, and it's a team who's about five hours north on I-65, and that object is getting a little bit closer, and that object's name is Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that's who, it. Who we will get to in a little bit. Um. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? I think now is... It, talk about the, uh, the object in the mirror is closer than it appears. Those Eagles are a little bit closer than they And appear. Christian, can we please get a... Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Fly, fly, fly. Those Eagles fans are nuts. But... um. Yeah, the Eagles are now starting to solidify themselves as a contender in the East. There's still two and a half games out. I'm going to call you on that. There are two and a half games out. Because if you're going to say that the Eagles are a contender in the NFC East, then you have to say that the Vikings are a contender in the NFC North, and they're not. Well, I don't know. I'm just telling you that the, the Cowboys do not look like the Cowboys of two or three weeks ago. They're struggling on the offensive side of the ball. And that's the thing. It wasn't like they were playing a stout defense. Kansas City's defense has struggled all year long. You should be able to put up points against Kansas City's defense. But uh, Now, I'm going to point this out to you. That Cowboys defense only allowed 19 points and did not allow Patty Mahomes to throw a touchdown. Held him under 300 yards, got a pick. From a defensive perspective, that's a good game for the Cowboys. Yeah. My worry is on offense, though. Because they only scored three more points than the Jordan Love-led Green Bay Packers. That's not good if you're going to compare yourself to the Jordan Love-led Green Bay Packers. Now, what is interesting to me is when you look at the NFC now, kind of top to bottom. Because now the Cardinals are back looking as though... They will more than likely have that one seed. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys now, the I, they're they're at risk of falling to that four seed. Which then, do you know who the Cowboys would play first round if the playoffs ended today? That would be the L.A. Rams. <laughs> Just another first round exit for a Mike McCarthy led team. We tried to warn you, Cowboy fans. We tried to warn you. This is what Mike McCarthy does. He has all the talent in the world, and he wastes it. That's what he does. He's useless. Cowboys, that, like that offense, man, I don't... And I get they were without C.D. Lamb for a portion of the game. I get that. But that offensive line was putrid. Yeah. All day long. And that's something that the, the Cowboys normally have is a really good offensive line. Um, they've been struggling on the offensive side of the ball now for, you know, two games in a row. And now you kind of look at Dak and say, you know, I think they got to re- rely on the run game a little bit more. Uh, I think Tony Pollard and Zeke are actually two really good running backs to, le- to rely on. 
You know, if you turn around and give the ball to them, then you got play action. You got those deep down the field threat wide receivers and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Um, Dalton Schultz is a really high end tight end to you know have over the middle. I just I see a lot of good pieces for Dallas that just haven't really come together yet. Um, they were it was like the Cowboys got clicking and now they're kind of taking a back seat again and you're kind of wondering what what is going to happen over the next couple weeks for them. Are they going to get hot? Because like you said, the four seed is not something that you want to be in right now. No, it's not. That Rams team, they might be a wild card team on paper, but uh, they're not a wild card team. They're probably one of the two or three best teams in the NFC. And this game was just really disappointing for, for me. I want. I came to watch this game. I wanted to see some offense. This Chiefs offense and this the Cowboys are basically the NFC version of that Chiefs offense. And nineteen to nine, Greg the Leg with uh, three field goals. As much as I respect Greg the Leg, I I didn't come here to watch him kick three field goals. I want to see some Zeke touchdowns. A Michael Gallup touchdown would have been really nice for my fantasy team, but. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming back, he he looked pretty good. I had uh, Daryl Williams, didn't do too good for my fantasy team, but you know we'll we'll, we'll move on. We're worthy of note. I'm pretty sure Zeke got hurt in the early stages of that game. He did, I believe. Did he ever come back? I stopped uh, yeah. watching. <laughs> I, I think he came back eventually. I just wanted to interrupt. We got some breaking news: Justin Fields and Akeem Hicks officially. Out for the Thanksgiving game. Allen Robinson, doubtful. Just thought I'd uh, bring that up. I'm sure we'll get to that later, but I, I, the Fantasy Life app let me know, and I gotta gotta let the people know. Chaz Brown is never gonna let you live this down. I hope you realize. That. <laughs> it's you uh, guys know it's coming, right? Uh, well, like you know okay. it's coming. Hey. You know it's coming. Hey, hope the breaks, my guy. It's not even the rivalry roundtable yet. Don't get so wild up. So uh, we'll save the another bad disagreement, Packers. We'll we'll wait until we get to the rivalry roundtable for them. Uh the good. Uh the Patriots. They're back. We got a nice 18 months off without the Patriots being one of the best teams in the AFC. Well, it's not. They're back again. Mac Jones is rookie of the year. He's the best rookie quarterback in football. Bill Belichick literally is Emperor Palpatine, just picking his different Sith Lords that he wants to control the galaxy. What else is there? I don't know. They're back. Yeah, and the thing about the Patriots is they're, the rest of their <laughs> schedule really intrigues me. You got uh, Tennessee this week. Then you're in Buffalo, in Indianapolis, and then Buffalo again. So let's see. That's literally going to, the, over the next four weeks, the AFC East is going to work itself out. These next four weeks weeks for New England and for Buffalo is going to tell us the tale of how the AFC East is going to work out. And I think that, for me, I've really enjoyed, I don't know, I mean, yes, the Thursday night game this week was a stinker with... Um, Atlanta just not even showing up. They're just awful. They're just an awful football team. I feel awful for Matt Ryan. But that New England defense is for real. They are flying around in their secondary. Their defensive line is getting home. They are one of the best pass rushing defenses in the NFL. You couple that with a good offense of Mac Jones and you know being able to throw the ball downfield finally... Um, you got two stout 
tight ends in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. I think this New England team is just like any other Bill Belichick team. It's getting closer to playoff time, and it's starting to click at the right time. Can I ask you a question? What year were you two born? Uh, I was born in 2003, just a year after Chuck. Okay. 2002. Okay, so I'm going to say this. Literally before you guys were born, this is how Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. That first Super Bowl was on the back of a very stout defense. I I mean, that that's the thing here. <laughs> I mean, this defense, they're just murdering people. That's all there is now. I They aren't even giving dudes time to breathe. And here's the kicker of all of this. I can see a world where at the end of this week, the New England Patriots are the one seed in the AFC. Because if the Patriots beat the Titans, which can that happen? Yes. Well, the Titans just lost to the Chiefs. Or the Titans just lost to the Texans. The Ravens have to play the Browns. Well, if the Ravens, who can barely beat the Bears, show up, guess what? The Browns could beat the Ravens. Which means if the Patriots beat the Titans, there would be a three-way tie, possibly a four... No, there would be a three-way tie at eight and four atop the AFC. And guess who's sitting there at eight and four? The New England Patriots. All right. I don't want to be the one to say it. I smell a fraud. I smell it. With who? The Patriots. Ooh. How? Wow. Yeah. Look at the last three wins. People constantly cite that defense in their last three wins. They held the Panthers without Christian McCaffrey to six points. They held Baker Mayfield, who practically is rolled out in a wheelchair every down. <laughs> that poor guy. To go play against the Patriots, and they held him to seven. Mind you, did they have Kareem Hunt back for that game? No, they didn't. They did not have Kareem Hunt for that game. They help. It's the Falcons. The Falcons without Cordero Patterson. Also, the Browns did not have Nick Chubb for that game either. Bing, look at that. And that is their last three games. The most impressive win that they've had, well, after they lost to the Cowboys. Like, look at their wins this year. They beat the Jets twice. Woohoo, do you want a trophy? They lost to the Dolphins, who, mind you, sneaky good Dolphins team. Sneaky good. Just throwing that out there. Lost to the Saints, but that was Jameis Saints. They lost snuck the by the Texans. Just they did. They, what they the Texans, Texans beat the Titans? Yeah, that's... Listen, what you guys don't understand, this is before you were born. <laughs> you don't understand. I've always wanted to say that. This was before you were born. This is how Bill Belichick works. You guys, you guys have never lived through Bill Belichick coming back because in your life, he was just always there. This is how it works, people. You get this sense of like, oh, we might have a football season, maybe even two, where the Patriots aren't good. And no, he's sitting there, just, and he's like, the attempt on my life has left me scarred, okay? Just like Palpatine in the movies. Bill Belichick goes, I had Cam Newton as a quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. No. <laughs> Now he has Darth Vader. We're on. We're on. We're on to. Uh, we're, we're on to the Titans. We're on to the Titans. That's what he says. He's in his like when they lose. Yeah, we're on, we're you're on, right. We're on and and guess what? He has his old Death Star. He's just gonna blow up the whole NFL. I'm prepping you now because this is how it works. 
This is how it works. Because everyone sits there and just gives more and more reason to doubt Bill Belichick. Yeah. And, and doubt the Patriots. And guess what he has done literally for your entire lives? Man. And that's what he does. He's like, yeah, we play in the AFC East. But has it mattered? The AFC East has literally been the dog bowl of the NFL for how long? My entire life. I don't. And it doesn't matter because it's Bill Belichick. It doesn't matter. And that's the thing. We're all sitting here this year saying the AFC East is going through Buffalo. I don't care if you like it or not. It's going through Buffalo. Everybody was saying it was going through Buffalo. And now. And now Bill Belichick goes. Welcome to Fox, bro. See, they're back. I buy the defense. See, Charlie doesn't buy the defense. I buy the defense. What I don't buy is Mac Jones. And now, I think the Patriots will still be successful. They'll make the playoffs and everything. Who knows what they'll do in the, once they get in the playoffs. But I think Mac Jones might be a little bit of a hot take here next Baker Mayfield. He's the most pro-ready guy out of all those guys, but... Long term, he's definitely not going to be the best. He will be the best quarterback class. in that draft class, and no. it won't even be close. No, I don't think so. It, it won't think, even be close. I think it's like Baker Mayfield. He's the safest option at that point. No. But you know what? There, there's he, still other he guys. Will be, who, he will be the best quarterback in that draft class. He will win multiple Super Bowls. I think it's just his situation. It's not that he's a good quarterback necessarily. It's that the situation he's in. You can't get into a better situation than New England. Bill Belichick has the NFL figured out. Hold on. 32nd time out here. You cannot say that he got drafted in to a better situation. Look, what were the Patriots' record last year? That team was 7 and 9 last year. 7 and 9. Huh? 7 and 9. How much? 7 and 9, though. 7 and 9. 7 and 9. That's just barely under 500. That's much better than your New York Jets, your Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Bears did make the playoffs, I think, technically last they year. They were 8-8, eight eight, 500 football team, and now they've ju- drafted Justin Fields, and now they're worse. How much mo- How much money did the Patriots spend in free agency, though, this offseason? It they doesn't. Quite that's a fine. I'm sorry that yeah. your front office, lit- part of what makes a quarterback great is the people who are around him. That's just how it is. Mac Jones will be the best quarterback out of that draft class. The New England Patriots are now back looking like they are going to be the front runner in the AFC because while the Chiefs are back this year, we've seen the Chiefs, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you make them bleed, what happens? Okay, Patriots are back. Mac Jones is the best rookie quarterback in football. Will be out of that draft class for the next five to six years. They're back. Trevor Lawrence stinks. He's horrible. (laughs) Like the number one overall pick might be the biggest bust of all time. Uh, Might very well be okay, the biggest okay. possible. A little of all time. early, little early to be throwing that out there. Oh but no, I'm throwing it out there. Biggest bust of all time, Trevor Lawrence. Okay, he is on the Jaguars. Let's address that. Poverty franchise, bona fide poverty franchise. There's a difference between being thrown in a bad situation and being incompetent at your job. And I think that that's where Trevor Lawrence is. I think he's just given up on losing. Like he's so used to winning, he just doesn't know how to do it. It's one of those situations, though, where um, you you look at where the Jaguars are and you look at where the Patriots are. The standard for Mac Jones is so much higher than it is. I mean, who was the last actual viable quarterback in Jacksonville? Mark Brunel? David Garrard. David Garrard. David Garrard <laughs> and Maurice Jones. So, so we're sitting there, and David Garrard is our standard of who we're holding up. I. Uh, Trevor Lawrence too. 
Mac Jones is having to live up to Tom Brady. I'm not saying that Mac Jones is going to be the next Tom Brady. I don't think we'll ever see anyone like Tom Brady. All I'm saying is Mac Jones will be the best quarterback in that draft class. Uh, speaking of being back, the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, uh, uh, to quote uh, great Cam Newton, I'm back. I, if they get that defense that they had against the Cowboys, gentlemen, look out. And this is what you and I talked about. Yep. I, I remember three weeks ago, we were still hesitant to say that Kansas City was out of it. Yeah. I mean, when they look horrible and they're losing at home, we're like, I, it's still Andy Reid and it's still Patrick Mahomes and it's still Tyreek Hill and it's still Travis Kelsey and it's still Clyde Edwards. I, and you're sitting there and you're like, uh-oh. Uh, because now the Chiefs, just like the Patriots, they're one game out of first place in the AFC. Yep. And if that conference has to go through Arrowhead, Arrowhead guess what? Over. I feel like it's a recurring theme. Every year we're like, the Chiefs offense, it's great. It's always great. It's been great for the last, what, five, eight, ten years, however long. Their defense is always the question mark. And I feel like if you can hold the Cowboys to three Greg the Leg field goals... It's a solid defense. Yeah. Like, they haven't been great all year, but... I think the difference now, though, is Patrick Mahomes has stopped turning the football over. Yeah. They, they take care of football. They're not putting their defense in short field situations. Yeah. And and you look at this football team now, and I... I okay, the AFC West, guess what? They're far and away the favorite now. Far and away the favorite. Yeah. They're playing the best football out of anyone in that... I think this division is kind of starting to come back to itself a little bit. Uh, I, they just look good. Yeah, um, they do. He's uh, he's only thrown three picks in their last five, which is a and very I mean that, big improvement. Right. I mean, he was throwing three picks a game at the beginning of the year trying to force balls in. The, Q, the QBR still isn't there yet, though. He's only at 57.2 so far on this year. All right, Sabermetrics, listen to me here. <laughs> Al Davis said it best. Just win, baby, win. And now all of a sudden, here, here's where I go back to. They've brought that time of possession back. You, they're, they're now averaging about 50-50 possession with their opponents. And if you're going to give Patrick Mahomes the ball for half the game, guess what? You're going to lose. Yep. And I, I, that's just what it comes down to. I mean, he's still so dynamic. And I don't know if there's a football player on planet Earth that is more fun to watch run than Tyreek Hill. I mean, just watching him run yep. is a sight to behold. And what the Chiefs are so good at are forming routes to get other people open. Yep. And I mean, I think that's what makes Travis Kelsey probably the most effective tight end in football. Is that he understands the difference between running routes to get himself open and running routes to get other people open. And now they're doing that. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I think Kansas City again has solidified itself as the king of AFC right now. That's and I'm gonna oh. say that right now. That, oh, that oh. AFC it's gonna go through Kansas City. You heard it here first. Hot take right here in the notes. New kings of the AFC. I think Kansas that's what City. it says. I can't really read his handwriting. Yeah. But okay. Now I'm moving it over. Schmigel disagrees. It's a little early. A little early in the season well, to say that. You can't take. A, you can't have a hot take too late because then it's just take. So we're going hot take. It's going to run through Kansas City. Book it. 
Here you go. Really? Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna give you a chance to retract it. Nope. Let's okay. See. What it do? It's written in stone, Christian. Yep. Yeah. Prepare to be clowned. That's, That's all I have to say to you. Hey, yeah. we keep receipts here. That's fine. Keep them. <laughs> we we keep receipts. Ah, uh, Jonathan Taylor, MVP of the league. He's got to be up there right now. I mean, he's the leading rusher in the NFL. Granted, without Derrick Henry, that affected that statistic a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, yeah, a little. But. When you score five touchdowns five tutties. against the Buffalo Bills. Okay, so really quick. Uh, I was not happy when I came home on Sunday. And, you know, my wife was very happy because she's a Colts fan. And I made the hot take of, well, it's pretty easy to win a game. We could just hand the ball off to your running back and score five touchdowns. And I stopped and I thought and I said, this Colts team is finally, the offensive line is finally starting to play how everybody wanted them to play at the beginning of the season and why we all thought Carson Wentz was going to be so successful in Indianapolis because of that offensive line. Um, here's another hot take. Carson Wentz, bum. I don't care what anyone says. He The Colts will not win games because of Carson Wentz. So let, let me ask Just the table a question. That. Is this more a statement on the Colts or more the Bills having a bad game? Because if you look at this, the Buffalo Bills offense, pretty electric. Mm-hmm. The Indiana, the Buffalo Bills defense, really good. Yep. I mean, eighth offensive football, and going into Sunday, they were the number one defense in football. Is this more of a just bad game at the bad time? Or is this going to be more of a pattern that we see? The writing's on the wall, Josh. The writing's on well, the wall. you had a hot take. Yeah. And it was what? No, the Bills are frauds. I, just, I can't. The Bills are I frauds. I can't The get Bills behind. are frauds. That's I a fraudulent record. It. It's a fraudulent record. The Bills und- against teams that are under 500, great. Bills against teams over 500, one win. We'll make sure to let our... We have a buddy back at Purdue. He's a huge, huge Bills fan. He's a part of Bills Mafia. He's. I'm going to make sure he hears this, Charlie, so you better be ready to back it up. Miles, I hope you jumped through a table before <laughs> you watched that monstrosity. Because he was there live. He saw it. With his own two eyes, he had to watch Jonathan Taylor just bulldoze his entire his entire team. I, and I, I'm pointing it out. They've lost to the Colts, who are good. They lost to the Jaguars, who are bad, but that's a whole separate that's a whole separate issue. They lost to the Titans, who are good. Their only good win against a winning team is the Chiefs, and that was when the Chiefs were still slumping. I, but to call them frauds is a hot take. Hot take that I don't know if I'm here for. I'm not here for. We it, we took off that. on them too early. That's all I'm saying. We took off on them too early. I don't. I don't know that they're the best well, team in because, the NFC. Because, okay, so if you're sitting here and saying that the Bills are frauds, and you're sitting here saying that the Patriots are frauds, like, then who isn't a fraud in the AFC East is my question. Hear me out. I don't think even, anybody... Even though you just said, like, a sneaky good Dolphins team. The Dolphins will make the playoffs. Here. That's my hot take of the day. <laughs> the Dolphins will make the playoffs. The Dolphins oh. will make the playoffs. See, this I, year. This year, the right. Dolphins will make hold, the playoffs. Hold, hold, we have to entertain this. And see, so when I called Cindy yesterday, she was like, 
I don't know how Brett and Christian are going to get a word in with Charlie and Josh on the same podcast. I'm like, <laughs> Cindy, calm it down. Here's my thing. Right now, the Dolphins are the 13th seed in the AFC. 13! And you're in here saying they're going to make the playoff? To make the Look at playoffs. Who Look at who they're playing. Playoffs. Look at who they're playing. Playoffs. The they're Panthers. going to have to finish the... Okay, so they've played 11 games. So that yes. means that they have six games left. Yes. They're going to have to go 6-0 and in their last six. Okay, well, let me just... They're gonna have to go six and zero. Entertain me, all right? They they play the Panthers. Panthers, not that good. Not that good. Cam Newton hasn't played well against good defenses. You got the Giants, and I mean, Danny Dimes is is terrible. He's awful. The Jets, who like, come on. Uh, we've got the Saints, who they're gonna lose to the Saints. They're, they're gonna lose to the Saints. Do you believe in Saints. Trevor Simeon? <laughs> I don't. He does believe. look like a Manning, but he does not play like. I him. don't believe in the Miami Dolphins. So I'm, I'm moving telling, on. I'm telling well, you right now, Brian Flores is a great coach. They've got a good defense. Tua stinks. Tua stinks. But he has to be just good enough. Like like the situation that the Bears always found themselves in with their quarterbacks, that they're just good enough that you can't get rid of them because you don't know that they're replaceable. But like they never take you anywhere. See, when you said that, when you were saying that the Patriots are frauds, the Bills are frauds, you like the Dolphins, I thought the only team that in the AFC East that's not a fraud is the Jets because they know they're, they're bad. bad. They're, they're not they trying to bad. claim but anything. They Go to Week 17. Who do they play Week 17? The Patriots. And the Patriots? No, they don't. Week 17, they play the Titans. Oh, you're right. Week 18, they play the Patriots. I forget about the extra week. They're not beating the Titans and Patriots back-to-back weeks. They're not doing that. They're probably not going to beat the Titans because the Titans are going to get Derrick Henry back. They're not doing that. There's no possible way that the Miami Dolphins make the playoffs. No possible way. Zero percent chance that the Miami Dolphins make the playoffs. Zero percent The bottom part of the AFC stinks. It is so polarized. And they're the bottom of the bottom. This is high quality entertainment. (laughs) Why are we spending so much time on the Miami Dolphins? I don't know. We're talking about the (laughs) Colts. See, this is why they tune in to the Thanksgiving special. Because this is just like when you get, you know, the the family members across the table who don't necessarily agree with each other, and then you bring the politics into it. The only thing dumber than bringing politics up at Thanksgiving is saying that the Miami Dolphins <laughs> are going to make the playoffs, yeah. and this man just did. We're not talking about politics on on here, are we? I'm no, not, I'm not prepared no. for that. No. <laughs> no. Unless if unless if politics includes if you believe that the Miami Dolphins will make the playoffs, <laughs> which they're not going to. <laughs> Mike Gesicki, they're not making <laughs> the playoffs. Miles Gaskin, that's my whole fantasy team. It's my whole fantasy team. I need them to make the playoffs. All right. Next, that's next. your fault for drafting nothing but Dolphins on your fantasy next. team. Yep. Well, next brings us. Not the Miami Dolphins, I hope. No, to pro- possibly even a bigger train wreck of a franchise. The Chicago Bears, and welcome to the rivalry roundtable for Week 12. Mr. Lemke, would you like to have a moment? Because I am going to have to have a moment. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to need a moment. All right, so... Would you like to have your moment? Yeah, so... I was there on Sunday. 
I was there to watch a complete idiot on the sideline with his stupid visor and his stupid headset send the punt team out. By the way, LR Weekly, sponsored by Mountain Dew. <laughs> send the punt team out in the fourth quarter when you're up 7-6 to six and the Ravens offense had not proven that they can move the ball down the field. At all. Okay? Matt Nagy gets booed by the fans for sending the punt team out. I'm telling you right now, that is the reason he calls timeout, sends the offense back on the field, and goes, Hey guys, I got a really good idea for a fourth fourth down play call. We're going to run a wildcat. We're going to send Andy... Dalton out as a wide receiver. And then we're going to put Montgomery in the backfield. Who thinks this is a great idea? Nobody? Great. I'm going to do it anyway. Sends the offense back on the field. Montgomery, granted, if he would have ran to the outside, he would have got the first down. Chose to go inside, get stuffed. Ravens get the ball, go down the field, score a touchdown. Now we're, or, or no, kick a field goal which is all they did all game long, now we're in trouble because we haven't scored any points and we have a backup quarterback, Andy Dalton, in the game. And it's like, oh no, here we go again. Then, magically, Andy Dalton says on 4th and 11, I'm a hucker downfield, boys. <laughs> Huck, sit downfield to Marquise Goodwin, which, by the way, Ravens secondary, what are you doing? How do you let a guy get behind you on 4th 11? Can't happen. Touchdown, Marquise Goodwin. The Bears are back, baby. We're, we're back. Everything's fine in Chicago. We are back. Ravens go downfield, score a touchdown, game over. Leave a guy wide open. I watched it. It was right in front of me. Mark Andrews goes across the middle, away from the way that Hundley was, was scrambling. Bush goes with him the other way in a zone defense. What are you doing? Leaves, I think it was Watkins. Watkins wide open. Ravens win the game. This is on nobody but the coaching staff of the Chicago Bears. I don't care who in their right mind is calling these plays, but whoever's making these decisions has got to go. It's Matt Nagy, but it starts at the top. And it always will start at the top. McCaskies need to sell the team. They need to get him out. They have no idea how to run a football team. They have no idea what they're doing. You sound like my dad. They're just awful. The Bears are being... Talk about frauds. These guys are a joke. Your Honor, can I approach the bench? Yes. Hubarkish. You know who a Hubarkish is? Bears writer. Uh Uh-huh. Just published an article. Yep. Breaking news. Yeah. George McCaskey directed the Bears to start Justin Fields. So, essentially what the gist of this article is, is that so on the Monday after the week four went over the Lions, Nagy made it clear. Remember in his press conference where he said, like, Matt Nagy is still our starting quarterback. No, Matt Nagy would not be the starting. You mean Andy Dalton. Or when Matt Nagy said that Andy Dalton was our starting quarterback. Evidently. Remember then it was like Thursday where they're like, actually Justin Fields is yeah. our quarterback. So evidently what happened with that was that George McCaskey told Ryan Pace, 
no, 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 no. Justin Fields is the starting quarterback. Pace then told Nagy. Nagy. So I don't know if the McCaskies are as clueless in all of this. Well, if that's as true, we like to think that would are. be the best decision the McCaskies have made until in the, the hundred years that Virginia's been breathing. Okay, it's just it. Uh, it's just so frustrating. And you're going to lose to the Lions. No, not no chance. Not happening. Bears are winning on Thanksgiving. Well, you're losing to the Lions. No, that's not going to happen. You're losing the line. If it does... uh, Well, by the way, so really quick, this is what I'm going to say, and then I'll let you guys go. So, the reports are out that after the Thanksgiving game, Matt Nagy is getting canned. He's not. No. Okay? I'm just going to tell you, he's getting canned. If or if not, the Bears win. He's gone. I'm telling you, the guy that has reported this is one of the... I listened to Waddle and Sylvie, and they said he's one of the most reliable sources... That has broken Chicago news. Not just sports news, but Chicago news. And I'm just going to say this. What is Friday called, as we all know it? Black Friday. Okay. What is the day after the final Sunday of the season called for NFL coaches? Black Monday. So guess what, boys? We are getting a Black Friday in Chicago. Matt Nagy will be fired as of Friday... You heard it here first. If they win, I don't think they do it. I think they win or lose, he's he's gone. I, if they lose, I would agree with you. If they win, they're not going to fire him. Yeah, he's All gone. Right. Go ahead. So, the other Bears fan here, I'll provide a little bit of a, a different take on everything. So, first off, I'm not a Matt Nagy defender, but... Christian, you were at the game, right? Yep. So you didn't see Matt Na- what I saw on the TV watching the game. Matt Nagy's headphone headset failed. When they went to set out the punt team, he couldn't call a play. He was he picked some ran, some random tech guy that was standing behind him. That poor just, tech guy. Yeah, that's what that I was thinking. Guy. He laid into him, and I'm sure it probably wasn't even his fault. But oh, so I, he, yeah, I didn't. So see that. that was the whole issue there. That's why they had to call a timeout. They had to fix his headset, and then they sent out the play. And the, I I don't know why they like to keep running the wildcat. I I just think I think it's interesting. I fourth down, that's a bold call, but. I like seeing it. It reminds me of when I was like little and I was first getting into football and I was like, that's not a quarterback. That's a running back taking the snap. That's wild. And then the defenses figured it out the next year and then nobody did it. And now it's coming back apparently. But uh, as far as Matt Nagy and his job status goes, I don't I don't think he's going to get fired. Win, lose, tie, <coughs> Pittsburgh. But um, I, I don't think he's going to get fired. I think that... I questioned the report from the beginning. My dad sent me a text that I woke up to, what was it, Monday morning when that came all came out? Or Tuesday came morning? yesterday. Yeah, Tuesday morning. And I was like, I don't, I don't believe it. I think that some that website it came from was some random website, and this guy reported it, and everybody's like, yeah, this is some, a guy with some credibility. It's got to be true. Everybody just wants it to be true. That doesn't mean it's true. And I don't think they're going to fire him. The Bears have a... Uh, Long, proud history of not firing their head coaches in the middle of the season. It's been 101, 102 years. They've never hi- fired a head coach in the middle of the season. I don't think that's going to start now. Why? I tradition, I guess. But I would. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to get fired. And the the next question for them is once they fire him, 
Who's taking over next year? Who out of this pool of candidates, coordinators, assistants, otherwise, is the next choice? Is there anybody who's even worth a darn? All right, Jason so, Garrett. No, no, not Jason. Jason. He's looking for a job. You bring him back and you reunite him with the Red Rocket and you keep Justin Fields on the I bench. I just want to point out, Jason, my dad and I <laughs> sat down. I was able to come home early from school. Uh, thanks to my professor's canceling class. My dad and I got to watch Monday Night Football together, which it, it was very nice. And Jason Garrett got shown on the screen. He's like, that guy's still coaching? I was like, yeah, he is. Apparently, he's the offensive coordinator of the Giants. Next day, I'm out at lunch, and I get an alert. Jason Garrett's been fired, and I, and I texted my dad. I was like, well, uh, he's not coaching anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, really quick, I want to add to what you said. So, I don't know if anyone heard about this, so... Nagy had his press conference eleven fifteen. Had his press conference. People were asking him about this rumor, and he said he's focused on the Lions. After his press conference, he met with ownership before there, because now they're just doing walkthroughs as their practice this week. Had a walkthrough in the morning and did their injury report. He met with the media and then was going to have meetings and a walkthrough at the end of the day. After he met with ownership, he canceled the walkthroughs and he canceled the meetings. Maybe to go home and have a nice little cry with his wife because he's going to be canned. I'm telling you, there's no reason why you would cancel the rest of your meetings. Why would you cancel it after you met with ownership if everything's hokey-dokey and everything's fine? So... I got two points when it comes to that. First off, while we're talking about Matt Nagy's family and everybody throwing a big hissy fit about the opposing team's student section <laughs> chanting fire Nagy at his son's playoff game, newsflash, people, have you ever been to a high school sporting event that anybody gives a darn about? Fire the Nagy might be the nicest thing. Yeah, the student section sections said. at any game that's worth a darn is going to be super intense. They're going to be chanting some things that are definitely not appropriate, and I think that's pretty tame as far as things they could have said. So I think people need to relax when it comes to that. Yeah, maybe, Those, like, maybe like discussing the, the funds of a father or perhaps uh, discrediting some kind of a sandwich establishment of some sort. I mean, just, just some things that come to mind. And then my second point when it comes to the Bears, Jarrett Payton, Walter Payton's son, bit of a Bears... Uh, insider of sorts, and he tweeted out yesterday, and I quote, If the Matt Nagy news is true, why wouldn't they just end things before Thursday's game? It doesn't make any sense. I talked with someone at Hallis Hall, and they had absolutely no clue about the rumors. I'm going to keep working to find out what's really going on, and I'll be back soon. He hasn't tweeted anything other than, man, the Bears fumbled this whole Matt Nagy situation. So... I don't know. It's just more on the lines of just an absolute train wreck of a franchise. It's not, it is top to bottom that the Chicago Bears just have people who aren't getting the job done. And we'll touch on this with the Green Bay Packers as well. However, this is not just a coaching failure on Sunday. When you're a defense with a lead late in the fourth quarter, your job is to not let anyone behind you. This was top to bottom. Because guess what? You learned that playing peewee football. Don't let them behind you. And what did they do? They let people behind them. This, I understand. The majority of this has to fall on the coaching staff. 
It always does. Because look at the New York Jets as a perfect example. The New York Jets have not had really a standout player since Revis Island stopped being a thing in New York. But does anyone go back and look and be like, hey, you know what? The reason the New York Jets lose is because the New York Jets had a bunch of really, really bad players. Because I hate to break it to people, the New York Jets just had a bunch of really, really bad players. Sure, their coaches weren't great. But the NFL, when you get to professional sports, you have to have talent to win. I'm worried that the Bears just don't have the talent to win. Bears fans might think they have the talent to win, but when has anyone on that team proven to be a winner at the NFL level? Like, I, I hate to be that guy, but I have to be that guy. They because have plenty when you, of talent to win at the NFL level. Have they ever won? If you yeah, have the talent, you win. And 8-8 eight and eight making the playoffs isn't winning. But this is the same exact team minus a quarterback. There's no other changes. This is the same exact wide receiving corp. This is the same exact running back room. Whose standard was 8-8? Eight and eight. The year before, we won the division. We were a double doink away from possibly being So you still court. haven't won. Okay, but we have the guys to win. One of which is out for the season. Right. Guys to win. But team. that's the problem right Listen, now. Listen, teams that have the guys to win, I want to use the Green Bay Packers as an example. Because there's an example of a coach who just can't get the job done in Mike McCarthy. Because you look, he has probably more talent now in Dallas than he had in Green Bay. And guess what? He ain't getting the job done there either. You have to have more talent than what the Bears are throwing out there to really expect more. Because you and I said that, hey, part of the thing that the Bears want to get back to is not having 8-8 eight and eight and squeaking it into the playoffs being considered a good year. Right. and it's, it's For the last decade, that's been their definition. We already knew this was going to be difficult for the Bears to win. The schedule was up. You have a rookie quarterback. You have... An offense that has been struggling for two years, three years now. It's an offense that's been struggling for like three that's decades. That's not true, though. The one year they won the Super Bowl was only because they, of their defense. Or they got to the Super Bowl was only because of their defense. But when they had Cutler and Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall and Martellus Bennett and Matt Forte, they had a good offense. There were years where their defense was bad. The years right after Matt... Uh, when you didn't have Erlacher and Lance Briggs and Peanut Tillman were some rough years for that defense. Yeah, shout out the Mel Tucker yes. defenses. Shout out Michigan State. Correct. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. But here's what I'm going to say then. Then they didn't have the talent to win. I agree that most of this is on the coaching staff. But some of this also has to come back on the players that they just aren't executing their jobs. The offensive line. The offense, your your running back room and our running back room, very similar. You know, I would say the Jones Dylan one two punch is pretty similar in what you could see out of a Montgomery and uh, who's your other guy, Herbert. And I think if you guys would use the run game to open up your passing, game, I agree. You would just run the ball. And this is the pr okay. One of the things that I, I that drives me nuts about the Bears. My favorite play to not even not even see, to see in a game and run in Madden that is a hundred percent a thirty yard game every single time is a screen pass to a running back. If you watch, the Ravens were lining up like eight guys in the box, right, and they're blitzing every single time. What do you do? 
You let a couple guys by. You dump it to Montgomery. He's one of the best yak running backs in the league. Let him go. Break a tackle and go. Christian, you're going to make me yak if you keep talking about a screen pass. Okay, I don't want to hear any of those. I don't want to hear anything no, about no. a screen pass. That is the worst. Matt Nagy, the third and 20, little screen pass for a loss of three. That's my least favorite okay, play in all of Matt Nagy's playbook. <laughs> but those are wide receiver screens. I want running back screens because Montgomery is one of the best breaking tackle running backs in the NFL. He is a great pass catching running back. I just, uh, to me, I want to see more than just the routes that take 15 seconds to develop. That's what our offense has become. Guys that have to get 10, 15 yards downfield to make a move, and our quarterback's already on his butt. It just, it's frustrating. Don't you love Jason Peters? Don't you love the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man that plays as your left tackle? You know what? 15 years ago, I bet he was damn good. Yeah. He's not. He's so not here's, now. Here's my honest question. So it didn't work with Trussman. It's not working with Nagy. It didn't work with John Fox. Like, at what point do you just say, okay, maybe like this is more of a systemic thing than just the coach? Because it's constantly been who's oh. the fall in Chicago. It's constantly been put on the head coach. Oh, I think the problem is is that you don't have enough talent to compete in the NFL. I think it definitely Pace has to go too. I think Nagy and Pace both have to go. Chicago's a huge market. Yeah. You guys should have a ton of free agent appeal. You're a historic franchise. And you can't put together talent. You can't retain the players you have that look good. Well, and I'm telling you that that this offseason is gonna be one of the biggest off seasons for the Bears. You, especially with Fields, you got to get a guy in there early to start going over the playbook with Fields, and then you got Mooney, and then you got to add Robinson is as good as gone. You're not going to re- retain Robinson another year. You're going to have to find another top tier wide receiver. Because- Allen Robinson's going to sign in Green Bay. No, Allen Robinson's going to go somewhere where he can have a uh, Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky type quarterback throw to him. That's all he's had in his career. That's all he knows. He's going to go to Green Bay. I love A-Rod. And, and then, yeah, and then you're going to have But Alan you saw Robinson. exactly on Sunday what happens when you don't have him. Mm-hmm. It is not as easy to get other guys open downfield because they're having to... So instead of keying on him, now they're keying on Mooney. And then you're relying on... Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> and Damier Bird. Yeah, and it's like, it, it's, it's not going to work. See, I think... That the thing about Robinson is it's his numbers this year have been awful. He's not yeah. even a fantasy relevant wide receiver. No. But I think part of the the appeal of Robinson, even though I think he's being horribly utilized, underutilized, every word you want to put with it, I think that the fact the threat that he could do something is bigger than anything else. The defenses still have to prepare for the th- thought of, well, what if Robinson just decides that he's gonna put up a hundred yard game? Yeah. Like it's possible. But I think the whole the whole issue here with the Bears it lies uh, the fault lies on the shoulders of a man that we haven't even mentioned yet, and that is Ted Phillips, the man who runs the show. I think he knows very little about the game of football, and I think part of the reason why we I don't necessarily think it's the players, Josh. I think that it is the coaches they're hiring. Look at Tressman. How many jobs has Tressman had since he was fired in the NFL? 
If he, if any, not many. John Fox, uh, Peyton Manning kind of carried him in Denver. And Matt Nagy, we'll see what happens with him. But it's because instead of just knowing football and being like, yeah, this is what a good organization looks like, they have to bring in guys uh, to uh, consult and hire their GMs and their coaches for them. They can't do it themselves because they're not capable. They bring in, what's that one guy, Ernie Acosti, yeah. Acosti, whatever, his, that guy, and he's the one who brought them half of their head coaches and GMs that they have now. I think that it's, they got to figure it out. I think getting rid of Ted Phillips is cleaning house. I would love to see him in an ideal world that's not this world. But in an ideal world, they could bring over a guy like Ozzie Newsome and just have him run their football operations. Give him the keys to everything. Let him do whatever he wants. Because I think the Ravens are a great example of how to run a franchise. Them and the Steelers. I think John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin. You think about those guys. What's so good about them is that they adapt. They're not an offense, a quote-unquote offensive guru. They're not a defensive genius. They're de- John Harbaugh was a special teams coach. They're just good leaders, and they know how to adapt. They've been coaching for most of the time that I've been alive. And you know what? Their teams are consistently good. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. And it's not because he's an offensive guru or he's a defensive genius. It's because he's consistent. And he's consistently a good leader. Hey, Brett. What what position coach was John Harbaugh? Special teams coordinator. He wasn't the position. Well, he might have been before well, that. Well, I don't know if you if you remember this, but earlier this week, you dissed the Lions for hiring Dan Campbell as a special teams coach. He's not a special teams coach. He was a tight ends coach, I believe. Oh, Third, that is correct. Thirty second time out here. <laughs> Bears fans, listen to me. I love you. No, you don't. You're no, listen, listen, listen. You know what? Listen, <laughs> listen. Here's my thing. Your offense is broken. One of the worst in the NFL. Statistically. 31st. You are the worst passing offense in all of football. The worst. You are Your passing offense is worse than the Trevor Lawrence-led Jaguars. Think about that for a hot minute. Here's the other fact that you guys have to consider. Your defense is getting very old. Mm-hmm. Very, very quick. Yes. You have one of the worst pass defense in all of football, giving up over seven yards per pass. Our secondary is young, though. It's our front eight that's getting old. You know, it would be great if we had a second lockdown corner to go with Jalen Johnson. Maybe a guy like, you know, that guy they have out in Denver. Maybe, no, not Bryce Callahan, but uh, Kyle Fuller. Yeah, that we oh, wait, wait. Oh, that, wait, we, let him, we cut him. So here's... And spent the money on Jimmy Graham. Ugh. There's there's so much that has to get fixed yep. that I I don't it there is systemic problems in the Bears franchise. Now you're going to lose to the Lions, and that's fine and good because then you fire Matt Nagy. I if I'm a Bears fan, I almost hope they lose. On no, Thursday. I'm not going to no. hope they lose. I, no, I'm tell- not losing. Ah, I'm telling you right now, it's not in my it's not in my blood, Josh. I just told Crystal two days ago because I mean I've been down, Josh. When I was at that game, I've been a low point. Like I'm just bummed out. I know when you only text me back, like an ellipse, like just three dot dot dot. Like I'm like, 
I'm not. Oh but, no. And then I I text my buddy Jason and I said, you know what? Bears only two games back. We're back, baby. And that's all I can do to make myself feel better is give myself a false realization that the Bears can somehow have a decent season. And I know that they can't, and I know that they won't. But right now, if they could just win, please, 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 please win on Thanksgiving so I can eat my bird and enjoy my day and not be... I'm getting all worked up. And not hate my life because... We just gave the Lions their first win all season long, and Dan Campbell's on the sideline going, yeah! I'm going. my Because I have to go to Crystal's family's first, and I'm watching it with her family. My mom, I know she's like, please let the Bears win. So because happy. if you have to go. Please let the Bears win. So if good. you have to go to Beth's house. She's, she's going to be like, oh, now you're. I could just hear her. She's going to be so mad because I'm going to be in a bad mood because the Bears just gave the Lions their first win. So, Mom. You better hope the Bears win, or our Thanksgiving's not going to be very enjoyable. Now, now here's what we're going to do. We're going to move to the Packers. Okay. You guys have said your piece. Yep. Go ahead. You've said your piece. Here's what I will say. Losing to the Vikings burns me way more than losing the Chicago Bears. And here's why. We're going to look at the NFC North as a family. The Bears and the Packers are twins. We're a little more successful, but we're both, you know, both historic, both about the same age, both have relatively, you know, the same amount of accomplishments, maybe not in the same eras, but historic, very similar franchises. The Vikings are the Johnny Come Lately little brother that no one likes. Okay? Redheaded stepchild. That no, I cannot tell you. How much losing to those purple pant wearing, skull clapping, hot dish eating Minnesotans bothers me. Okay? I was waiting for that. Because, yeah, yeah dude, skull. And first of all, cool, you want to skull clap, that's fine. You beat us without Jair Alexander. You beat us without our two starting outside linebackers. Whatever, fine. I wish that we could, you know, we, we won without Akeem Hicks. Khalil Mack. Except for you've lost five straight. Oh, I'm saying... But you've lost I mean. five straight. Have, you've lost five okay, straight. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Man, after you guys lose to the Lions, I'm going to have to use two yeah, hands to hold up your losing streak. We're going to to talk about that losing yeah. streak. Anyways, here's the thing about the Packers. Again, the only thing we're looking at now is what matters for home field in the playoffs. Because it's a fait accompli. The Packers are winning the division. All we care about now, let's get people healthy. Let's get into the playoffs. Let's also maybe have open tryouts for a kicker. Please? Okay, okay. Please? Okay, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I'm 100% with you, but hear me out. I heard a very interesting comparison from Barstool Big Cat. I love Barstool Big Cat. Gotta love Big Cat. Shout out Big Cat. He talked about when the Bears got rid of Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold had a few bad games. Looked like he was starting to get washed. I don't know if you remember. He oh, got into yeah. a fist fight with Brandon Marshall in the locker room. Yep, Brandon Marshall. <laughs> yeah, that was Brandon Marshall, though. But... The moment they let him go, all of a sudden, he's great again with the 49ers. But this week is huge for Mason Crosby. He's got to come back this week. And he has not just come back. He has to be perfect this week. Yes. because Within reason. No, because this, this game is going to be decided by field goals. I'm telling you right yeah. now. Yes. If Mason Crosby... Mason Crosby is going to win or lose this game for the Packers. Because the offense is going to stall... Once we start marching down there, because without without Bakhtiari, 
That's Aaron Donald and Von Miller are going to be jumping rope with Aaron Rodgers and his broken toe. Yes. Yeah, that, and I think that toe is going to become more and more problematic as the year goes on, because he he straight up said it's it's worse than turf toe. It's funny. And everybody was been, and I always think it's funny because you're like these really strong football men, and then it's like my toe. But you, for a quarterback, it's so big for a quarterback. Listen, and you don't understand how important your toes are until until they stop working, and then you're like, hold up. These are actually pretty important. Yep. Here's the thing, okay? You're back at home. The Rams, I'm not. Whatever. Again, for me, it's whatever. all about the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. It's all about the playoffs. This is the playoffs. Yeah, it's not, though. Here's this the, is a demonstration okay. of what we're going to see. Which we is fine. We're not healthy. If we're, unable, if we're unable to handle business against the Rams... We have a few concerns that we need to address. And as I've mentioned, That's fine. Crosby, if Crosby can't make his kicks, and it's the reason we lose, because that's the reason we lost. Correct. That's the reason we lost to the Vikings. Correct. Because he missed that his That and kick. the fact that we decided not to play defense the last, like, well, the first, like, two quarters of the game, and then, like, the last, like, three minutes we of the game. We let Kirk Cousins beat us. That's fine. Whatever. I don't care. It's one game. It's Kirk one game. Cousins. Listen. Listen. Here, it's one game. Okay, I'm, I'm, can I chime in really quick? Sure. If you lose to the or to the Lions, that's us. If you lose to the Rams this week, you are now out of the conversation for getting home field advantage through the end of the season. I don't think we so. We need home field advantage. No, yes. Home field advantage means... No, we don't. We, yes, you do. Home field advantage at no, Lambeau means more than home field advantage anywhere else. That's yes. not true anywhere at all. Else. It is 100% That's true. That's not true. If you it's have, not true. We had not. home field advantage last year. What did it mean? Okay. Nothing. Okay. We had home field advantage the year that we were 15-1 in the regular season. What did it mean? Nothing. We had home field advantage back. We lost to Michael Vick's Falcons. Doesn't matter. I don't care about home field advantage anymore. You want to know why? Because it doesn't really matter in the NFL. Oh. Look. Oh. Listen. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. Because last year, granted, it's COVID, fine, whatever. What people say for home field advantage is the crowd noise. Okay, look at who the Packers have already beaten on the road. Probably the one seed in the NFC. We've already gone to Arizona without our top three wide receivers and beaten Arizona. I don't care about home field. Home field advantage in the NFL is not as big a deal as all these traditional blowhards want to make it out to be. It's not that big a deal because you look at the Bucks last year. What seed were the Bucks? It's last all- year in the playoffs. They were they had to go on the road. And guess what? It doesn't matter. It's about who's playing the best football at the end of December, beginning of January. That's what matters in the NFL. Home field advantage for NFL teams does not matter. See, that's the thing. You know, big I'm a big numbers guy. And, you know, the numbers show home field advantage isn't nearly as big as it once was. At one point, home field advantage was huge. Like, that that could make or break a game. Nowadays, I outside of maybe a few places, I really don't think home field advantage matters that much. You think home field advantage, like you said, to the Buccaneers? There's barely any Buccaneers, Jaguars, Dolphins. None of those teams have any real fans. They're all just bandwagons or whenever they're good. 2019. Okay. Who was the top seed in the AFC? Baltimore Ravens. 
Lost to the Titans. Okay, but Baltimore doesn't have the same effect that we do. We are the northernmost stadium. I I would assume we are the northernmost outdoor stadium. Ah, uh, Seattle actually. Seattle doesn't count. They're on the western seaboard. They, they get yeah. rain, not a ton of snow. Facts. What I'm, but but what I'm saying here is when when you look at the L.A. Rams, you have Matthew Stafford, who's a certified dome quarterback. But it doesn't matter because the Rams aren't going to have home field either. No, they're not going to, but they're going to come to us. No, they're it, no. You mean this week? This week and in the playoffs. No, those teams are not going. That to okay? Be able listen, to play if the Packers the are the one, yeah. two, three, or four seed, they're going to get at least one home game in the playoffs. Yes. After that, chuck it up because when you get to the second round of the playoffs, when you get to the last four teams in the in the conference, guess what? All four of those teams are really good at football. And here's the thing. Back when technology wasn't where it was at, sure, then I would say, you know, teams who play in southern climates aren't used to know. Technology is the great equalizer with all of this. Because now with the gloves, with the difference in shoes, with everything else, home field advantage just doesn't matter that often in the NFL. Like, I hate to say it. But it just does not matter. Because, and if you listen to Aaron Rodgers, there are two things that really affect passing. Number one is wind, and number two is rain. Cold is like third to them. So it doesn't really matter. And here's the thing. Matthew Stafford used to playing in the cold. I don't I don't really get I, I don't know. I'm just I'm not as enamored with this idea of the Packers need to have home field that everyone else is. Because the last time the Packers made the Super Bowl, they played three road games and ran a train through the NFC as the sixth seed that year. I have a piece of that turf from Dallas inside my house. So I just I don't know. I'm not as enamored with this idea of, oh, well, you have to be because guess what? The Packers have been thirteen and three the last two years, and it just doesn't matter. So, you know, everyone can sit there and be like, oh, well, home field's so important. It's about playing your best football at the end of the year. That's what is most important. And if the Packers are playing, you know, the most important football, fine. But as of right now, I don't really care. Do you Bears fans who won't sniff the playoffs for another four or five years <laughs> have anything there's, else that you There's seven like? teams in the playoffs, you know. Um, You're going to lose to the Lions. First off, you know, you realize this will be the first time in – Two years that we haven't made the playoffs. And you're not going to sniff it for another five years. It's fine. Disagree. I don't think so. I, I, will, I, I don't I'll, know that I'll agree with that either. I'm just going to throw that out there. Maybe it'll be five years until you guys win a playoff game. But I think you'll find your way there at some point. Yeah, As my grandpa says, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. Wow, that sounds familiar to something that Papa, Papa Russ, Russ says. Yep. So here's fun fact for you. Okay. Packers aren't winning the Super Bowl. That's a fact. No, yeah, they're not. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It's fine. I, it doesn't. I'm not saying we're going to win, but you can't say we're not going to. No. This is the kind of fan he is. He's the guy that braces himself for something that could happen. He's not like me that just has a false sense of assurance. He is the guy that braces himself with, like, Oh, we're gonna lose this week. There's no chance we're winning this week. You win, and now you're like, oh, that was great. That was a nice little surprise. That's him. Once we win this week, I am so ready to get hurt again. 
<laughs> if we win, I will be all in, and I will be absolutely ready to have my heart wrenched when we lose. Just okay. get ready. So one of my favorite times of the year, my birthday, January 19th, always falls right around the day of the NFC Championship game. And a tradition that we've kind of made the last few years is we go out to dinner. The Last last year we went to House of Kobe, right? Bless. Two years. Last two We've years. We've gone to the House yeah. of Kobe. So we go to the House of Kobe. And my favorite part is not the food. The food's great. Not the atmosphere and everything. But watching the Packers just get absolutely blown out. And Charlie, who one year we watched it and then went to dinner. And then the other year, while we were at dinner, they're making, they're like, Charlie, do you want steak or shrimp, chicken? What do you want? We got all these options. And he's and he's just sitting there crying because the Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, that was Raheem Muster, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Ran all over the Packers. A man from my own school. Ran all over us. Yeah. It's my favorite part of the year. What, so Packers losing we, like on home, my birthday. It's home, the best home, birthday gift there is. Losing the playoffs again, and then I get to go eat House of Kobe. It's awesome. Yeah. It's perfect. Love it. Marvin's room on repeat. <laughs> Cups of the rose. Oh, Charlie's <laughs> getting in on the singing. You know, it's a podcast <laughs> when these guys are singing. I will. Yeah. I'm just hey, gonna punish you guys right have, now. I didn't even have to tip them like we used to have to at Coldstone to get them to sing. <laughs> He just went right ahead and sang for us. I will not be singing today. I'll just let that. I'll be the one guy who doesn't sing. And speaking of singing, we're on tonight. You know, our picks don't lie. Our picks for the week. Mr. Limke, and what was a make or break week for you, buddy? I'm now back to an eight game lead over you. Uh, You went eight and seven last week. Uh, I went nine and six. So you only did one game better than me, but it is. But however, correct. Yeah, I mean, you have to make up significant ground. Um, So for the year, I'm 103 and 62. Christian, you're 95 and 70. Um, And Brett, let's go back, find the week that you were on for our guest picker. It wasn't good, and I know that, but neither were you guys, if I remember correctly. uh, You and I were both 8-6, and and Christian came in at 507 and... Seven. It's actually better than So we have a little bit of an interesting week this week. We'll start off with our three Thanksgiving 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 <laughs> Day games. Our first in the motor which can we talk why does Detroit get a Thanksgiving game? I think, game I think we're gonna start calling it Thanksgiving. Because I can't talk right now. It's just it's <laughs> pathetic. We should not give poverty franchises um games on Thanksgiving. Uh, you have to just really, I mean, if there was a game this week that I'm shipping to London, it is the Bears and it is the Lions. A combined three and I believe 16 record for the two teams. And the tie. And Mid- the tie. And the tie. <laughs> uh, so they're 3-15-1. And one. One. Um, we are going to see the Detroit Lions get their first win this week. I am confident in that. Give me the Lions. I, okay, yeah, the Bears are winning. I'm I'm picking the Bears. I'm not. I, and here's the thing: like after Sunday, I will tell you honestly, I'm on the car ride home by myself, like just like, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done on our podcast picking the Bears every week. I'm just gonna pick whoever they're playing against every single week, except for this one, Bear Down. Um, there are at least two games I would rather ship to London before the Bears and the Lions. I just want to put that out there. Um. Bears. 
not explaining myself. Bears. I don't think I need to. You see, here's my thing. No, <laughs> I, no I feel like the Lions, if they wanted to win, would start David Blatt. They're trying to okay, lose. I should hey, just point hey, out Jared Goff was just your, your boilermaker showing. Okay, no, your boilermaker showing. No, here. I, I really Calm feel like if the Lions wanted to, but I'm telling you, it's Thanksgiving spirit of the season. Swift is just going to absolutely stuff it up that terrible defense. I am going with the Lions. Let's Look, go! it's not Thanksgiving if the Lions aren't losing. I'll just say that. And I didn't even get to go in. I. Dan Campbell's a fraud. I, I, we don't have time to go over that, but I think I think he's a joke of a coach and everything. But uh, the second game, the traditional uh, game down in Jerry World, Dallas uh, might be a must-win game. Maybe not for the playoff picture, but I think for some confidence. Some because uh, if the Cowboys lose back-to-back weeks, uh, those voices are going to get a little loud uh, questioning the Cowboys. Um, but I don't think that the Raiders are going to be able to stand up against this offense. Give me them Cowboys. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going with. How about them Cowboys? Uh, I don't think. I think this game is going to. I think things are just spiraling out of control in Vegas right now. I think um, Derek Carr is just. It, it's just a dumpster fire in Vegas right now. I think it's becoming more and more of a dumpster fire in Vegas. I feel awful for Derek Carr. He's, again, one of like the good guys in the NFL that you just have a hard time rooting against. But on Sunday, or sorry, on Thursday, while I'm done eating my bird, taking my mid-afternoon snoozle, I'm going to be waking up to the Cowboys up big. Uh, give me the Cowboys. I, the Raiders, they really wanted to be good this year, and they, they really tried. Give, I, give them credit. With all of the things that have been going on with that franchise, give them credit because they really, they really have tried to fight through. Give the interim coach credit. He's done much better than I thought he would. I didn't have very high expectations. But uh, g- give me the Cowboys. Yeah, they're kind of speeding out of the AFC playoff race. No, 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 so, no. Ra- Raiders have been exposed as frauds this year. Everyone was high on them. They've exposed themselves. But riddle me this, okay? Matt Nagy went out there and he said, it starts with me, and then went on to explain how it's on everyone else. Yes. You want to know what Derek Carr's quote was? It starts with me, and it ends with me. Mind-blowing mentality. (laughs) I don't think think he's going to win. I think the Cowboys win. But Vegas right now spreads seven and a half. Oh, it's seven now? Seven and a half. I am all over that Raiders spread, but I think the Cowboys win. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Buffalo and New Orleans, I uh, you want to talk about a must-win game. Because, Christian, if I have a wagon and I need it to be circled, nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. And I am going with the Bills. I, I just think Josh Allen... They're gonna try to get this back on the on you know get this train on the right tracks. However, New England is winning the NFC East or the AFC East. Give me the Bills. Yeah, no one circles the wagon like um, Jonathan Taylor last week. He circled the wagon. Uh, this week, the Buffalo Bills will circle their own wagon. I think that this is again they understand this is a must-win situation for them. I think New Orleans, um, you know, without Alvin Kamara, I don't know if he's planning on being back for Thursday night. I know he was out Sunday, so I have a hard time uh, 
short turnaround for him to get healthy and play on Thursday night. Um, I just don't think Trevor Simeon's that guy. I don't think that he's a good... Not that guy. You're no. not that guy. Not that guy. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going Buffalo. Should have grabbed this line when it was uh, it was like minus three or four. It was minus four opening. Yeah. Um, give me the Bills. I think the Saints are probably going to be without Kamara. And if Ingram's playing, he's going to be banged up. Tony Jones Jr. cannot uh, carry that offense. I think, you know what, Simeon or Hill or whoever they're trotting out there, um, whoever it is, I think... They could survive if they had Kamara because Kamara is just a dynamic player, but he's probably not going to be there. I think the Bills realize that they've got to win this one. They've got to make a statement. I, I'm taking the Bills by at least a touchdown. Spread right now, Bills minus six. I like the Bills by two scores. I think that the Bills are definitely going to come out here and win in dominant fashion. Puts them back on track. My big thing about this game is how much do the Saints lose by to make Sean Payton go pick up the phone and call Phillip Rivers? I think that this is the week that he has to go call Phillip Rivers and ask him if he was serious. I like it. I like it. It's bold. Pittsburgh is Cincinnati. Uh, Horrible game. Just crash. Horrible. Horrible like window. This. Yeah, no, that's trash. Um, just two teams that are irrelevant to me. I just neither one of them is fun to watch. Give me the Bengals. Um, I'm going Pittsburgh. I think uh, Pittsburgh is really starting to get it back on track. I think um, Big Ben back on track. They tied the Lions. I, I, yeah, and you know Tony Carrente is one of their best players. Through 12 flags, 265. Brother, it's two yeah, it's weeks and two losses anyway, ago. Like, um, get over it. <laughs> yeah, Pitt- no, you, you got to drop it, Christian. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Pittsburgh, I, I, I'm taking them this week. I like them even plus four and a half. Um, I like them money line this week. I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to play. I think that this week is the tall tale sign of which one of these two teams is going to squeak into the wild card. Um, it's a big game. It's a big game for the AFC playoff picture. So, for that reason, um, I'm taking Big Ben and the Steelers. Yeah, I I always find the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati games to be interesting games just because of it, it's a very, it's a good rivalry. I remember watching when they played in the playoffs, was that was that Cincinnati and Pittsburgh when uh, the, they had all those dirty hits and then they got into a fight? Like yeah, the fight, Yeah, Vontaze Perfect. That was, I watched that game up and up in my room that day. It was it was a very interesting playoff game. There, it's always a good matchup. They're usually two pretty good teams. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the Bengals on this one. Games a race to 21. I'm telling you right now, games a race to 21. Over unders at 45. Unders the play. Unders the play. 100 times out of 100. Um, when you look at this, Pittsburgh stinks. I don't. I don't like Pittsburgh. They're very hard to watch, but for some reason, Big Ben has just decided that he's not turning the ball over anymore. Hasn't turned the ball over with an interception since week five. But I got to ride with Cincinnati. That Joe and Joe, double J, got to love it. A test for Crystal's Colts this week. Are they who we thought they were, or are they the newfound 
darlings of the AFC. You got the GOAT coming to town. And Tom Brady going to Indy. Uh, is there any bigger PTSD trip for Colts fans than watching Tom Brady? That answer is a resounding no. Tom Brady owns the Indianapolis Colts. Much like Aaron Rodgers is a shareholder in the Chicago Bears, Tom Brady is a shareholder for the Indianapolis Colts. Give me the GOAT. Yeah, I'm rolling with the GOAT too. Um, I don't think that... I think the Talk about frauds. Sorry, Crystal. Um, I think the Colts are frauds. I think that... The team that just... You're saying that Jonathan Taylor's a fraud. I'm saying Jonathan Taylor is all they have. Okay. Okay. There's no Michael Pittman Jr. No. I uh, yeah they T Y he's speaking of getting rolled out in a wheelchair. <laughs> that guy. Hey, he was a heck of a player in Madden 25. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Brett. Um, you know Tom Brady turned to Indianapolis. Just Indianapolis better make sure to inspect their balls. They're footballs, and because um, this, this almost went down. Man. This almost went strictly because Christian's a child. Oh. Anyway, so uh, I, had, I had to put that in there because I know Christian's looking at hundred percent. you balls. But you know, Deflate Gate game, everything. I think that was a warranted comment. Anyway, Buccaneers, Tom Brady, they're just a better team. This is a game where it feels too obvious. And when something is too good to be true, it's because Vegas knows something you don't. 100% of the time. Buccaneers opened at minus one. Buccaneers are at minus three. 65% of the bets on the Buccaneers. They know something we don't. I'm going with the Colts. I'm going with the Colts plus three. Wow. Okay. So, but are you taking them just straight money? Like, is this just money line? This isn't a I know this is money line. And I'm going to take a money line. I like this. Uh, another horrible football game taking place in Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, the Panthers and uh, the Oh, Dolphins. you don't even need to ask me. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Because, Charles. Let Charles go yeah, first. Just real quick, because they have to win out to make the playoffs, so... I'm all over the Dolphins, baby. <laughs> Give me the Dolphins. Of all the random teams, what's Miami's record? What are they? Four. Three and seven. Oh. Uh, four and seven. Oh, sorry. Four, four and seven. seven. Of, of all the four and seven teams to pick, why Miami? Anyway, anyway, no, no, no. Don't answer. Yeah, that, no. <laughs> I'm Brian Flores. I'm taking Carolina. Cam's gonna come back. Superman all over South Beach. Cam and the Panthers. I'm riding with Charles, baby. Fins up. Fins up. Go, Dolphins. Go, baby. Brett. Panthers. I think the NFL, it's just right when Cam Newton's on the Panthers. The energy, the the forces that be, it's just right when Cam Newton's on the Panthers. And I see him getting a win. Titans at Patriots. Uh, This is a must win for the Titans. A must win for the Titans. Um, However... I said it before. I said it again. The Death Star is back. Sorry, Mom. Give me the Patriots. I'm going New England. New England at home, minus six and a half. I just think that if you don't have A.J. Brown, you don't have Julio Jones, and you don't have Derrick Henry, who do you got? And Ryan Tannehill is not a quality answer in that equation. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a good enough quarterback to win games without those pieces on his offense. I think New England's defense is going to win this football game for New England. I think 
Tannehill, what do you have? Four interceptions yes, last four. week. Um, you're looking at maybe two or three this week as well. I think Tannehill's going to struggle in Foxborough. Um, I just, I'm going New England. I think that last thing you said is the biggest part in Foxborough. I think the Titans. Oh, wait, I thought home field match didn't matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Sorry. I'm it's, it's different when it's Bill Belichick, man. Are you taking the Patriots? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, I'm going Titans. Uh, I'm going to blame the wet football on Tannehill's awful play. I want to see him bounce back. I'm going Titans. Shout out, Miss Russell. <laughs> and now, Christian, once again, it is time to fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Hit him low, hit him high. Eagles, easy over the Giants. I'm rolling with uh, the Eagles on this one. I cannot pick Danny Dimes. He's now on, he's got. One foot and one arm out the door in New England, or in, New, England, in uh, New York. I think New York will be drafting the heir to the quarterback position this offseason, or at least trying to sign someone. Danny Dimes is not the answer. Give me the Eagles. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles. The away Philadelphia Eagles, my fifth away team. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Bless you. I'm allergic to what? No, what you you are you're coughing, you're sneezing. Could you taste your lunch today? I don't. It's not Uncle C. Because I'm guy. sitting here like Uncle C's running no, in I'm, here. I'm good. Just a good little sneeze gets. Charles. It's a trap line. I'm letting you know. Uh, three and a half. Uh, but a lot of experts I really like really like the Eagles in this game. I think the Eagles are a lot better of a team. I'm going to take the Eagles. Atlanta, Jacksonville, Atlanta. I'm going Jacksonville. I I don't think is a fraud. I don't care. I, Atlanta is, is literally one of the worst. You think I don't think there's another team in the NFL worse. So I would put Detroit and Atlanta in the tier of teams with they're on TV. I would rather watch like what's the Coco Melon? Isn't that what all the kids watch? I'd rather watch yeah, that. Thirty second timeout. My daughter Avery. Okay. Coco Melon slaps a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when you hit the peas, peas, it's time to eat your peas. Yes, 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 I want to eat my peas. Good, good. Okay, thank peas you. Peas are good for you. Yay, yay, yay. I like them. Ooh. Come on now. Don't be hating. Poor guy, you have that all anyway, memorized. So <laughs> How many times have you had to watch Listen, that? Listen, once it starts, there ain't no party like a Coco Melon party. You hear like Coco Melon party. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um, ship this game to London. Give me I would, yeah. The Falcons. Do have more wins than the Bears, though, I believe. <laughs> um, I, I have to point that out. As a man who is a big numbers guy, i got to point that out. Um, give me the Falcons to get one. Uh, they're going to stay just one win ahead of the Bears, though. Jacksonville. Yeah. 79, 79% of the bets are on the birds. It's just can't be. Actually, 96% of the money line bets are on the birds. It's because Ooh. they're the better football team. It's because Vegas is 
plotting a big fat payday. Yeah. Didn't they have that the last like three? Anyways, uh, Jets and Houston. I I will oh. never bring myself to be able to pick the New York Jets. Uh, it is Thanksgiving week. So it is the annual reminder of the greatest moment in NFL history. The butt fumble <laughs> took place oh. on Thanksgiving night in what was then. No, they were in a new MetLife stadium. They were not playing the Meadowlands. That was in MetLife. Um, Mark Sanchez, forever may he reign. Uh, give me the Houston Texans. Uh, Jets have some COVID issue in their quarterback room right now. Yes. Um, so Mike White is out. Yeah, so for that reason, I'm taking the Tyrod Taylor-led Houston Texans. You know what? I talked to my grandpa about these games before, and I was like, you got anything? And he's like, don't sleep. These aren't his exact words, but he said, don't sleep on Tyrod Taylor. That guy is underrated. He's been the victim of bad circumstances. He's, he's underrated. So give me the Houston Texans. Both teams want to lose. <laughs> they both are at two losses. The one that loses gets the better draft pick. But you got to rock with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is the man. We also don't care that Zach Wilson's starting. Do Nobody not care. Cares. No. Do not care. Christian, can I get a hearty uh, goal, Chargers, goal? Chargers. Um, easily. This is another one of those games. I'm going to ask Charles, what do we got bet-wise going in the Chargers-Denver game? Moneyline, 77% of Chargers. the bets are on Chargers. I'm taking Denver. This is my upset of the week. I'm going Denver. I think at home, Denver wins. Kansas City now on a bye week wakes up and has that division on lockdown. Give me the Broncos. You just picked the Broncos. I thought the Chargers were like, weren't they your division pick? The Chargers were my division pick. But if what you don't understand is I'm eight games back of Josh. <laughs> we got to make up some ground. So this is an opportunity. The line is only two and a half. I, is it That's still sitting at two, two and, and a half. half? Two and a half. Wow. I'm two taking, I again, Vegas knows something. Trap game. Yep, I'm going are all of these games trap, trap game? games now? What well, is this? I'm the Chargers, always a you know what, I don't care what Christian's record is, what Josh's record is, what my record is. I'm picking the better team, the Chargers. They're the better team. Did anybody watch them on Sunday night? They look pretty darn good against those Steelers. Chargers. I'm going to rock with the Chargers, but I think the spread bet should be on Denver. Lay the points. I think I could realistically see the Chargers winning by a field goal. In the field goal, capital of the world. Yep. That was so, Brett, who, who'd you end up taking? Chargers. I'm the only Denver guy. No, win, win, him, win him by a field goal, like you're down two. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Take a field goal, gotcha. you win. Even though I have gotten a lot of hate, tis the season to be grateful. Tomorrow is the national day of Thanksgiving. And in all of my football fandom, I have always had a high-quality quarterback to be thankful for. A feeling that you have no clue what it feels like. Jay Cutler. Smoking Jay. Smoking Jay. And in that season of gratitude, I am going to say that I am grateful for Aaron Rodgers. Several of my friends who listen think that it's horrible for me to say that. He lied about COVID. Nobody cares. We do not care. We don't. <laughs> he can take his horse tranquilizer all he wants to. I do not care. 
The man defeated COVID. He is going to defeat the LA Rams. Give me the Packers. So, by oh. double digits. Oh. All right. So, um, there's always been... So, every year when the Packers played the Lions, there was always one game where Matt Stafford came out and played pretty well, right? There's always that one game a season. You know, they play him twice. Uh, Matt Stafford knows how to play in Green Bay. Matt Stafford understands how to play in Green Bay in the cold months of November and December. Here is my hot take. Odell Beckham's going to have two touchdowns in this game. He's going to say, hey, Green Bay, you should have offered me some more money. This is what you could have got. Stafford has a big week. Rams by 10. Stafford, overrated. Watched him suck for the Lions for many, many years. I think just because it's like putting lipstick on a pig. It's like Sean McVay made Jared Goff look like a competent quarterback. He's in Detroit now, and what a, he's terrible. Tim Boyle might be better. By the way, the city of St. Louis just got $790 million from the NFL. Whack. Good, good for them. Whack. Um, <laughs> I think... As far as the Aaron Rodgers COVID jokes, my uh, girlfriend has horses. She's got plenty of horse tranquilizer that Aaron Rodgers is not allowed to have because we're Bears fans and Aaron Rodgers cannot have his horse tranquilizers. That's fine. He's already beat COVID. He doesn't have to test for 90 more days. He's only got nine toes now. So uh, Um, It's fine. Despite all this... He would still be the best quarterback in Bears history with only nine toes. Despite all this, give me the Packers. It pains me to say that a little bit, but I... The Rams just don't have a good history of coming up north and playing. I don't care if Matthew Stafford, oh, he played for the Lions. He played in Green Bay and Chicago once every year. He sucked. He sucked. And guess what? The twenty other, the 21 other starters on that team, I guarantee you most of them probably not used to the cold. Charles. Well, for, the, for this old cowboy, I think the pick's pretty obvious, but something worthy of note. The Bears beat the Rams in Chicago. Not, not this year. Two but, year, three yeah. years ago? In previous years. Three years ago when they made the playoffs? Yep. Yeah. No, but I'm saying L.A. Do, not very good in the cold weather. But I'm going to take the Packers. Money line. But I think your best bet is Shari Alexander's not going to play, correct? That's fine. Who cares? No. Nope. Cooper Cup over. I think he gets double-digit receptions. I Easily. think he gets double-digit receptions. Easily. 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 I don't know what that over-under is at, but I'll take it. <laughs> Whatever it is. Hammer the over. Yeah. Over. Niners. Oh, is this um, oh. no one cares about your your skull clapping? Is that skull because clapping. you have to call him daddy for a week? Is that I what it is? Know. I don't, though. Yeah, because you do. They, they, every they, once in a while, little brother wins a game of one-on-one. Yeah. Every once in a while, little brother throws up a shot off the backboard that banks in. You know, every once in a while, you hit a fadeaway Tyler Hatchie three at the buzzer <laughs> that, that you're Bruce not man. supposed to win. That's what the Vikings did 
Justin Jefferson committed pass interference on his last touchdown. That's fine. We won't go there. That is accurate. It's fine. We'll move away from that. Ah, uh, but it doesn't matter because the Vikings are irrelevant. You win one game, that's fine. I mean, the Houston Texans just beat the Titans. Are we going to sit here and say that the Houston Texans are relevant? No, we're not. The Vikings and the Texans, okay, every, one, every once in a while, what does a blind squirrel find? An Finds acorn. an acorn every once in a while. It's fine. We're moving on. Skull! Shut up, little brother. Go back to your room. Niners easily. I'm taking Packers daddy. Um, taking the you Vikings. can't use that because that means they're your great grand. You're your granddad. That's not true. The Bears no. own the Vikings. If Matt Nagy does one thing right, it's beat the Minnesota And Vikings. he's not going to. Yeah, well, I'm taking the Vikings. Uh, I think they're going to continue. They're playing really good football right now. You have Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson's unstoppable. I'm taking Minnesota. Get out of my basement. <laughs> okay, moving on, Charles. <laughs> For those of you that didn't see, Brett was doing the skull chant in Josh Russell's basement. Breaking news, Brett will have trouble making it up the stairs. 100%. <laughs> All right. I'm picking the Vikings. <laughs> Nobody thing, cares. Thing, thing we've got here, looking at this, two of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, both playing really good football. But... 49ers are at home. And we talked about, you know, home field advantage doesn't matter anymore. What about home field disadvantage? The 49ers, they stink at home. They stink. And for that reason, I'm going to ride with the Vikings. I think the Vikings win here. And it pains me to say it. It really does. Uh, Lamar Jackson came out today and said he is 120%, which I hate that. I hate when people go, It's not possible. We're giving 120%. It's not possible. Shut up. Lamar, you know, it is uh, hate week for my beloved Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, We play the team from West on 64. L's down. Louisville doesn't exist. And in that spirit... I'm picking against Lamar Jackson this week. He's going to do the Heisman and fumble. Give me the Cleveland Browns. I'm taking the Ravens. I think with Lamar back, I think this is a huge upside for Baltimore this week. I think this is, you know, this division is going to get jumbled, and it kind of is at this moment. But Baltimore getting the win in Chicago last week kind of solidified themselves as this is our division until otherwise I'm, I'm picking the Ravens. Here's my thing. I think the Ravens are going to win the game. I just cannot bring myself to pick Lamar Jackson this oh, week. Oh, well, um, this is great for me because 100%. I need that's a game fine. to get. But see, with an eight-game lead, I can afford to give some charity to you, so that's Thank fine. Thank you. Brett. Um, you know what? I have a lot of stock in the Ravens on my fantasy teams. I've got a lot of uh, Lamar Jackson, a lot of Rashad Bateman, a lot of Hollywood Brown. I'm gonna have to go with the Ravens, although I got I got to dock Lamar a little bit for that 120% comment. As a guy who's major, one of my majors is statistics. 120%. That's not how it works. Okay, it's just not how it works, Lamar. I'm sure they didn't teach you that at Louisville. But <laughs> he's too big. Never mind. I almost yeah, we, won't, we, we won't go there. Rick, we won't go to what goes on with Rick Louisville Patino. Athletics. Rick Pitino, you cheating scumbag. Anyways, I think, I think that's all that needs to be said. Charles, well. I think that this is all an elaborate scheme by Lamar Jackson. He's trying to get a Pepto-Bismol ad because that guy has the worst stomach in all of football right now. He does. That's what my dad said. Yeah, and think about it. He was at the game, which means he doesn't have an infectious Right, problem. so there's no COVID or anything oh, no. like that. He's, he's just got a He's got... He must have had some real bad, like, some sort of food. He's got like, the mud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the mud. That's all I got to say. Um, normally... When I look at this game, I would go, okay, I'm, I'm going to take Cleveland because 
I don't know. That's just what came out to me. But then I realized Baker Mayfield is the most injured man in football, and they are rolling him out there, and they are going to lose. I am going with the Ravens. He's literally being held to get. Speaking of an ad, you know how Baker's got his commercials of, you know, oh, with the nachos for the Halloween and all that yes. stuff. I think he should be on Gorilla Glue because the man's literally held together by Gorilla Glue. Uh, and that brings us to the Monday night. I uh, who what a bad Monday night game. Uh, Seattle and the football team. I'm gonna give it to I Russell Wilson's birds. Yeah, give me Russell Wilson's birds. Um, I'm sitting Russell Wilson for the remainder of my season this year. Um, I'm done saying Russell Wilson's birds. He's been not performing. So until he starts performing again, he can get that nickname back. So for that reason, I'm going with Taylor Heineke's football team. See, it's an interesting game because Russell Wilson, supposed to be a lot better than he is, hasn't been. Taylor Heineke should be a lot worse than he's been, but he's been pretty good. Uh, It's in Washington, I know that, but I'm picking the Seahawks because Russell Wilson, he's a good guy. You see him all the time going to the hospital, the children's hospitals, talking to the kids and stuff. Dan Snyder, Washington football team, what, what is that guy? Not a good guy. Not a good guy. Not a good guy. I, I'll pick the good guy. I'll lose with the good guys any day of the week. Name redacted. Got to go with the Washington name redacted. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. Did you just pick them so you could make that joke? No. But Taylor Heineke is exciting. Most interesting man in the world. Shout out Heineken. Uh, when we look at this here, that, that's it's Dos, Dos Equis. Oh, is that? Yeah, yes. I didn't even know. Right. <laughs> You're, we're not even shouting hey, out. Moving on. Moving on. Seventy percent of the money is on the Hawks. Not digging it. I am. I'm rocking. Charlie's rocking with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> so that moves us to our locks of the week. So picking here against the spread. Um, If there's one thing I know that Aaron Rodgers is not going to do, if there's one thing I know that Matt LeFleur is not going to do, it is that we are not going to lose back-to-back games. Give me the Green Bay Packers. Uh, My lock of the week this week is Tampa Bay minus two and a half. Um, I think think, uh, Tom Brady's going to go into his second home that he owns in Indianapolis. <laughs> they call the, it the house that Peyton built. I'm like, ah. The house that Peyton built then rented out to Andrew Luck, who gifted it to Tom Brady. That's Tom Brady's house in Indianapolis. So I'm going with TB, TB minus two and a half. You're comfortable in your guest room at your house? <laughs> I don't have a bed in there, so probably not. Okay. So, <laughs> But the couch you can plug in and it reclines. Oh, yeah, I can right. do Yeah, You're we're solid. good. Yeah, Can't lock for you my basement, okay. Christian, my grandparents are in town. Oh, so. that's all right. Brett, who's your lock this week? My lock this week, my, I don't know what the line is. If it's three and a half, three, I don't know what it is. The Chicago Bears. Woo! They're the not listening to the Lions. Lock it up, baby! Ship it to Shy Town. Let's go. No, I'm losing. I'm hyped. You're gonna get buried by Dan Campbell, just like the game film against the Eagles. <laughs> not losing. Bears. Not losing. Lions losing. It's a Thanksgiving tradition. The Lions losing on Thanksgiving is as American as apple pie at this point. All right, and that that's that's where I'll leave it. I can't wait for the Bears to lose. I'm texting both of you, and it's gonna be fun. <laughs> Moving on, Charles. Who's your lock of the week? I'm between these 
these two games, and I'm just, I'm going. I against, know who you should pick. No, I'm going against <laughs> all logic. I'm going with the Jaguars. The what? Jaguars plus one and a half. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to pull it out this week. I'm telling you, Trevor Lawrence is a bum. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're going to find a way. You made me sit here and listen to all of you. You just say all this garbage coming out of your mouth <laughs> about the Dolphins. You don't even pick the Dolphins as your lock. It's not like the Panthers are that good of a team. I feel like we should hold his feet to the fire and force him to take the Dolphins as his lock. Uh, (laughs) Give him two locks this week. Well, hey, I mean, this has been our longest episode uh, known to man. Well, you got four guys, man. Four guys. Correct. And a particularly Um, wordy one at the side of the table. Correct. Uh, But, gentlemen, this was an absolute blast to have you both on. Uh, We can't thank you enough for taking some of your hard-earned break and spending uh spending it with us here at lr weekly um so from all of us to all of you tis the season to be thankful yeah happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving (laughs) Thanksgiving. Uh, (laughs) to all of you from all of us